0: I received a text message from a previous client yesterday. He asked me to give him a call at the earliest convenience. He said he's got a budget available to do more training. I thought to myself. He's already been trained. So why would he be contacting me to say he wants more coaching? It it really didn't make sense to me. So after a few text exchanges, we agreed to speak later on in the day yesterday. And when I first started speaking to him, he was very panicked. He was very anxious. He couldn't really articulate what he wanted help with. I said, Well, what do you want me to coach you on? He was saying, It's really difficult to put into words. I don't really know. There was a lot of pauses, there was a lot of anxiety, and he became frantic. This guy is normally very, very composed. And It doesn't really matter how composed you are, let's be honest, because we're all a moment away from feeling like we're in our own hell, where we're frantic. We don't really know how to cope and our emotional well-being takes a turn for the worse. So I empathised with him massively on how he was feeling. So I asked him a very important question. What was the catalyst for you to feeling like this? And he said, well, I I like this girl and we spent time together and then she just stopped texting me back. Is this the first time this happened to you? It's the third time this has happened with three girls that I like. Do you think this has made an impact to your self-confidence? Yes. When he originally took the training course with me, He's very anxious about starting conversations with women. And during the duration of our training together, we worked on his ability to face rejection and it not to affect him. So essentially building more resilience. He effectively went from never speaking to anyone to being able to speak to anyone during his day to day life. And he recognizes that rejection at this stage is just part of the journey. What he didn't realize is that rejection can occur at any time during a dating relationship or or procedure of dating. So it can happen any time from when you first meet someone, they say, I'm not interested, through to being in a 20 year relationship. And they turn around and say, I don't feel the same way. So whilst my client had built up resilience and self-confidence in those initial phases of starting the conversation, one thing he really wasn't expecting is rejection to come further down the line. He felt like that, you know, I start a few conversations and girls will like me and then from then it will all be fine. So I said to him that essentially what I've just articulated there, that rejection's is a natural part and it can occur at any moment. The reason why it's more painful is because it's further down the line. You feel like you've invested more and because you've invested more, it's more painful to you. In situations like these, there's a very simple way of dealing with this situation because it's nothing to do with the situation and it's everything to do with how he's viewing the situation. Two simple steps. Number one is to set a new goal and number two is to action that goal. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I mean that you set a new goal, which is to go out and to get further next time. So next time it might be that, you manage to date someone for a three-month period and then you action it, which means you go out and you put yourself in a situation to meet someone new. Whenever we go through a tricky period in our life, whenever we're flawed emotionally, we, we tend to lose our way. We tend to fall off the path or, you know, the saying, we fall off the wagon. And it, we can end up in an array of diff- difficult circumstances because we weren't able to get back on the path. It could even be that that path is no longer valid for you. And then what happens is we spend time in the wilderness and we don't know where to go. We are lost and we have no direction. Where do you go from here? Where do you go where you feel like your direction is lacking? If you look or read any mythological books or watch any films, when the protagonist, the hero, is lost, a guide appears. And that guide shows him the new path, the better path. In your life, when you feel down and you feel like you're not sure what to do, you need to go and find a guide. You need to find someone that can show you a path. Now, this path, believe it or not, doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be a direction for you to go on. Because what happens is when you go in a new direction, all that stagnant energy, you are channeling it towards something. And often, you start on one path and then you change direction slightly. And then you're on a completely different path again. But what's important is that you are on a path. You are in a direction. You have started. You've committed. You're no longer playing the victim. You can imagine the difference in your energy when you go through this process. If you feel frozen, you feel stagnant, you feel stale. Part of that process is warming yourself back up again. It's melting away the ice. And it's channeling that energy into something new. We all feel stagnant at points in our life. We all feel bored at times in our life. We all feel like we are wasting time. It is true that in modern society, we can do tasks very, very fast. We have a lot of tools. Therefore, we have a lot more free time. Even the most successful clients that I work with, people that are ultra successful, watch my Instagram far too much. And they talk to me about what I'm talking about in my Instagram reels. And I think to myself, this guy's so busy. How does he have time to do this? And the truth is that most of us, most of the time, unless we're actively working on something, feel bored. We feel. Directionless, and we feel like we don't know what to do. If that's the case, I can offer you some practical advice because I often feel like that in my life, and I have learned to manage it most of the time, not all the time, with a podcast, which is what you're listening to. Because I generate all of my social attraction and my coaching leads from my social media, so my Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. I generate an abundance of leads. So for me, doing a podcast doesn't really make sense because it's something that can take a lot of time. And from a business point of view, doesn't generate anywhere near the amount of leads as compared to social media. However, that denigrates the process of spending time creating something out of thin air. It denigrates the fact that to be able to create a podcast, I have to learn and develop. I have to have precision in thinking. I have to be able to articulate how I feel in a way that you can understand. It allows me to feel intimately closer with the listener. As I'm recording this, I feel connected to you. I feel close to you. And this is something that you can't get through a social media video. It's just different. So for me, having this creative way of dealing with boredom, with having a lack of direction is life changing. Because anytime time I feel like that, I think to myself, what's my next podcast going to be on? How can I create a better quality podcast? What are the next steps to recording another podcast? I think about stories that I can tell. I think about how I don't pause enough. I think about how my hooks could be better. I think about a wide array of different things that would make this podcast better. I think about how practicing speaking makes me more eloquent, makes me feel more alive, makes me ready if I get hired to do an event or to public speak at short notice. There are so many benefits to doing a podcast for me. It is unbelievable. And it's the same in your life. I imagine that there is a creative outlet that you could do. It could be painting. It could be drawing. It could be writing. Whatever it may be, we all need something in our life that we can turn to in a moment's notice and be creative. It's not the same as reading. Reading is learning. Being creative is giving back. You are articulating how you feel to the world. I'll give you a few more examples because I I personally find this interesting. I read Oscar Wilde's book, A Picture of Dorian Gray. It's an unbelievable book. But one, one thing I took from it was his use of, his use of adjectives. Because I also read A Hundred Years of Solitude, or I'm in the process of reading it. And both of those books are supposed to be sort of world-class books. What I got from A Hundred Years of Solitude is that he's a very good narrator of a story, but he doesn't really use many descriptive words in comparison to Oscar Wilde. I was thinking to myself, I could use adjectives way more than what I do. So rather than saying one of my clients was speaking to a girl, I could say one of my clients was speaking to a bright eyed woman. You feel the difference? It's incredible, isn't it? Such a simple thing. And I'm not someone that likes overly descriptive language, right? I'm not someone that wants to write in a, you know, romantic notion describing every single element. However... Adding an adjective at the right time can captivate the listener and really paint a beautiful picture of what you're trying to describe. I have been thinking about this for the last month since I finished his book and actually being able to deliver it is quite difficult. You might think, oh, it's quite easy. You can just add a few adjectives to what you're saying, but it's way more difficult than that because You've got to go against the grain of your habit. You've got to go against how you normally speak. And because I'm an improvised speaker, which means that I don't plan because I don't really like to be too scripted. I'm then going against a habit whilst improvising and trying to implement something new, which is even more challenging. So how do you practice that? Well, you record a podcast episode and you listen back. And you look for opportunities of how you could have used more adjectives in how you're speaking. This is a very long, drawn out and painful process. However, there is no other way. Yes, it is true that I can try and do it via writing and via other ways by drawing pictures of using adjectives. But in the real world, it's a long process. And the way in which I attack these long term goals is to think in the long term and not berate myself for shorter term misgivings. So what I tend to do is to listen back to my podcast and any time where I've used a descriptive word, I feel good about myself. And I say that was awesome. Or I say to myself, do you know, that was really good. But next time, perhaps you could add a slightly more impactful one at this stage of what you're delivering. So I think to myself, okay, and I'm rewarding myself for taking action and for trying. I'm never going to get frustrated at myself for not doing it the right way. Now, the second part that I wanted to talk about, I often create dating funnels for my clients, which you can listen to the previous podcast episode if you'd like to learn more, but also If you imagine that whenever you're giving a speech in public or recording a podcast, it's essentially a funnel because what you're doing is you are captivating someone's attention at the start and then you're moving them through the funnel towards the tense and fantastic ending right towards the end of the podcast where you get what you want. I've delivered real value and we all feel good in the process. So that's something that always runs in the back of my mind when I'm recording content or if I'm recording a podcast, how do I. How do I lead this process through this funnel? How do I take you from where you are at the beginning towards feeling empowered and strong towards the end? So that also runs in the background of recording a podcast. You can see that having a creative outlet such as what you're listening to now is life changing because it allows you to have something that you can do whenever you want. I don't plan to do a certain amount of podcasts. I just record them when I would like to. I can always come back to it. I always feel like it's helpful. The amount of people that reach out to me and say, I really love your podcast is unbelievable. And it's something that is just there. I I, I really don't monetize this at all. It's just for me to help deal with living in 2023 where we have most things automated and we have a lot of time. And that is the reality for most of us. So I just wanted to end this episode with a story and also a final thought afterwards. When I first launched my podcast, I recorded 23 episodes in a row and they just came out of me. It was like I just needed to get rid of all of my learning lessons in the form of a podcast and I felt free I felt empty afterwards and that's something that I always found interesting is that when we share stories when we free ourselves from everything that we know in our lives we feel ready to learn again and for me this is what the important part of being creative is about it's about giving back your learning lessons and if we go a little bit deeper I personally think the reason for this is because when we come from tribal times, perhaps tribes of 50 to 150, if the elders did not share, then what would happen is that tribe would cease to exist because they would no longer know how to hunt, they wouldn't know how to cook their food, they wouldn't know how to do any of the vital elements to survival. It is my understanding that we all have within us a deep, instinctive element to us, about sharing information. And when we don't, our life stagnates and our life gets worse. You feel free when you give someone a piece of advice. You feel more free when you record that piece of advice. And you feel even more free when you empty everything that you know, all of your learning lessons, in a way which is helpful to anyone and it's there for eternity. Your creative endeavours outlast you. doesn't matter how long you live. If you record something, draw something or write something, that can outlive you, which means that it lasts an eternity. This what this is what Shakespeare did with Sonnet 18. He wanted to capture someone's beauty that it lasted an eternity. And he believed that any time someone reads Sonnet 18, the beauty was entwined with the reading. And I guess that's the same with anything creative. Anytime you listen to my podcast episode, you are keeping me alive. You're keeping what I was speaking about on that day there for that period. There's two deaths. There's the first death and the second death is when no one else utters your name anymore. But when you're creative, you can outlive your own mortality, which I also think is just fascinating. So hopefully what I've articulated throughout this episode can help you. And there's just two things that you need to do. Number one is sign up for my How to Approach Women audio program. This is actually worth £99. I was selling it on my website and I've decided to give it away for free. You can access this via the link in the podcast description. The second thing that you can do is to invest in my dating advice video vault. Now, this has just been launched. It is 120 video tutorials of me with my female coaching assistant. So if you've seen my Instagram reels with the... Um, models that I use for the role plays, I have the full length videos. There's 120 of them. They are amazing, covering every different part of your dating life. And I put these together into a product that you can purchase. I also have a payment plan where you can pay in three, six or 12 monthly installments at no additional fee. My dating advice video also comes with a 14 day money back guarantee. If it doesn't change your dating life, I am so secure in my thinking that that product will change your life, that that's why I give a money back guarantee. And to date, no one has requested their money back because the product is that good. You can access this via the podcast description. Um, and thank you for listening. Please go ahead, get my get my uh, training course for free. And then if you enjoy that, go ahead with my dating advice video vault.